continuing in our series. We thought we'd just extend the theme of our series, which is called Focus. And we want to we we do more, uh, we want to talk more about focus, because I think focus is such an essential thing that we need to have in these times. Um, you know, we're doing this, circus, uh, doing this series because I, I want to give us opportunities, opportunities uh, to, um, to reassess our lives, to reevaluate our lives, and to also to re-consecrate our lives to God, right? You know, and it's, you know, somebody said it's time, and it really is time. It's time to get rid of some of the junk that may have crept into your life or, or is lurking somewhere beneath the surface of your life for some time. Every Sunday, you know, in, in, this, in August, is going to be an opportunity to listen to God and to discover your calling for the next season, okay? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to, we're going to, go, we're going to talk more about what, what is essentially uh, what, um, about what God wants us to focus on. Before we go further, bow your heads, let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the word of God today. Your word of God is light. It exposes areas that maybe are gray or shadowed or maybe living in darkness. You want to hit and you want to light up and you want to heal every area of our life. And I pray that this message would be the word of God, would be a light for our path, a lamp for our feet, and would ignite something new and fresh in our heart. And it makes us more open towards what you want to do in our life and with our life. Today, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Today, I'm talking about living your best life. Living your best life. Not an average life, not a meager life, but your best life. The life that that God has called you to live, which is your best life, right? God has called us to live our best life. And it's a life that's that's not uh, stagnant. It's a life that's active. It's a life that's proactive, living by faith and not by sight. And it's true. It's not what happens to you that will determine your life. It's how you respond that determines your future, doesn't it? So if I, have, I ask you, I'll ask you a question. How satisfied are you with your life right now? How satisfied are you with your life? Now, if you're not satisfied, question, what are you going to do about it? Do you think you can do about it? Or can you, are you totally out of control? Life just sort of just happens. I want to tell you, you can determine your life. With God, you can determine your life. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking you those questions because I don't want us to miss what God has for us in the next season. You know, we were in B.C. It doesn't matter we were in B.C. for the last two or three weeks, but everywhere you go, down the street, you know, to shops, everywhere you go, you see people. And you look at some people's faces, and you see a lot of people. On their, you can tell that they've given up on their best life. They've given up on their hopes and dreams. And, and they're, they're at a place where, you know, they're just, they're just sort of like existing in their life, and God doesn't want us to exist. God wants us to live a life that's vibrant and moving forward. You know, and, and, and the life that God wants us to have is a life of movement, to move forward, seizing the opportunities that he has before us. So 
I think about us as grandparents and parents. You know, we all want our kids to do the best, don't we? You know, you go to kids' sporting events, and you see all these parents and grandparents, and, uh, and they're getting emotionally involved, aren't they? And they're cheering their kids and their grandkids on, and, and, and you know, some, of them are getting, oh, some of them are getting way over the top in and, and their emotions. But, but what are they doing? What are they doing? Well, they're expressing the, the fact that they want to see their kids do their best. Isn't that right? Well, step back a moment. I wonder how our Heavenly Father feels about us today as His children. Perhaps the thing that, 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 that maybe concerns God a lot is the fact that He sees His children living far below their potential. But I wonder if it, if, if it, if it, it doesn't give, you know, I, I wonder if God's greatest pleasure is really to see you and I rise up and be all that we were called and created to be. Can you, can you understand? Can you relate with that? You know, and, you know, these parents at these sporting events, the, all they want to do is they want to see their kids do their best. And if you look in the Bible, and you study the Bible in the New Testament, there's only one time, only one time, when Jesus expressed his pleasure. It's over the top joy. And that was when he had just sent out his disciples, and they had came back, and they are so excited because of the success that they have experienced. You see, they were living out their potential. They were, they were using their gifts and their talents and their abilities. They were using the authority that Jesus had given them. They were saving souls. They were healing bodies. They were taking on the devil. They were living their best life. Say it with me, best life. Best life. So, question. What are you and I going to do? What are you and I going to do? What's it going to take from us require from us for us to move forward and to live our best life? What's it going to require from us? Now, there's an example, a time in the Bible, when God's people had to do this. And God talks about it in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I, was, as I was with Moses, I will not fail you or abandon you. Wow. Joshua must have felt intimidated. He must have felt lacking in confidence. He must have felt in, inadequate. He was here, he was, and God was telling him literally to take over Moses' leadership. 
Now, Moses was the guy, that, the man that talked face-to-face with God and that had done incredible. Remember, God had used Moses, you know, with his staff, did all these plagues, um, you know, took the people out of, out of Egypt and bondage and brought them to this place. Now it was Joshua's turn. And man, Joshua thought, wow, I've got big shoes to fill. He had a huge assignment. And literally, that was to take about, by then, was about three and a half to four million people and to get them to move forward and to take hold and seize the opportunities before them to move forward into the promised land. So this was a, an incredible, incredible assignment. And, and, uh, and Joshua must have felt the weight of that assignment. So, there's four things that God is saying to Joshua, and I believe that these are four things that God is saying to us today as believers in Christ, the church today. And here's the four things. Four things that God is saying to Joshua. First thing is this. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready for what I am about to do. Get ready because I'm going to take you from where you are to a new place, to a different place, to a greater place. So, he said, get ready, get prepared to cross over the Jordan River. Now, the Jordan River was not just a river. The Jordan was also symbolic. The Jordan was this boundary between their past and their future. We all have Jordans in our life, don't we? We all had things in our past. We saw great God do great things, but he's taken us to a point where we, now we hit this boundary, now we've got to move forward. And, and what is in the future is going to take something that, that requires faith and courage and perseverance, and God has got to be with us or we'll never be able to cross it. And God is saying it's time to cross the boundary. It's time to move forward. Get ready. The second thing he's saying to Joshua is this, I'm going to expand your territory. I'm going to expand your territory. Wherever you, wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I have given you. God is saying to the people there, I'm going to take you from poverty and slavery. I'm going to take you to experience a better life, a life of freedom, a life of prosperity, and a life full of purpose. And that's exactly what God wants to do for you and I today. And God is saying to those people, I'm going to take you from, the, from this land where you never had enough. You're in a land of slavery and poverty. I want to take you past the desert where you just had enough, but I want to take you beyond that. I want to take you into the land of more than enough. I want to take you to the promised land. And the third thing God said to Joshua is this, you are going to win every battle because I am with you. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Now, notice he didn't promise no battles, no setbacks, disappointments. In fact, expect them because they're just a part of life, aren't they? But to do all this, Joshua, to experience all that I have for you, to do all this, Joshua, point number four, you will have to be strong and courageous. Say with me those two words, strong and courageous. Verse 6, God says to him, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land 
I swore to their ancestors I would, I would give them. Verse 7, again he says, be strong. And this time, what does he say? Very courageous. We'll jump to verse 9. And then he says, have I not commanded you? It's like, you know, he's told him twice, and Joshua's walking away, and he's tapping him on the shoulder. Hey, haven't I commanded you? I'm not making a suggestion. I'm telling you, I'm commanding you, commanding you to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God be, will be with you wherever you go. Isn't that a word for, uh, for, from God for us today? We look at the world, what's happening, the darkness, all the disappointments, all the restrictions, regulations, and we're thinking, do we have a future? Do we even have an economy that we can look forward to? And we're saying, you know, can we move forward? And God's saying, be strong and courageous. We can back up, we can be afraid, but God is telling us to be strong and courageous because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We're we're heading into our future Maybe as individuals, as a church, God is with us wherever we go. I say, wow, wow. He tells them three times, be strong and courageous. I think he's trying to make a point. Point number one. I made several points. This is really point number one. Living your best life, what's it going to take? Courage. Living your best life will require courage. Why? Because of the battles you're going to have to face. Because of the fears you're going to have to deal with. The pressures and the stresses that you're going to have to endure. And, 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 and you know, it's so easy for some people just throw in the, to- the, the, the towel and just give up on their best life, on their dreams and visions. You know? And just be held captive by the limitations and the restrictions that, that people and, and life puts on us. But with God. But we have all these things. We've got disappointments. We've got setbacks. We've got battles. We've got pressures. But with God, we also have opportunities, open doors, and assignments from God. And the only way that you and I are going to experience these opportunities is by having courage. Amen? By having courage. We all have our inadequacies. We all have our fears, don't we? You know, the student wonders, well, am I going to pass the test? Or the employee, you know, hates his job and says, I've got to get a better job. But if I quit this job, can I get a better job? Right? Or parents wonder, you know, are our kids going to grow up to really, are they going to serve Jesus? It takes courage, it takes courage to live your best life. It takes courage to live your best life. It does not take courage to live a mediocre life, does it? It doesn't take courage to be a couch potato. It doesn't take courage to be a cultural Christian doesn't take courage to just blend in with the crowd. When G- Jesus came from heaven to earth, not to blend in. Did Jesus blend in? No, he was totally counter-culture. He was totally, radically different than every single person noticed, right? And God says about his son, in Psalm 45, verse 7, he said, Son, you love righteousness, and you hate wickedness. You know what That's what we should be as a people? You know, overall, I'd say, you know, as a church, sometimes, you know, we don't care whether there's righteousness in our land or whether there's wickedness. And, you know, and God wants us to be concerned that, the, that, that we are a righteous people and that we hate wickedness 
and that we stand up and we do something to defy wickedness, right? He said, you love righteousness and you hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you where? Above your companions. How? By anointing you with the oil of joy. What's God saying there? Saying, Holy Spirit, the oil of joy. Holy Spirit set Jesus apart. Holy Spirit Spirit sets you and I apart. God empowers us through the power of Holy Spirit to live an exceptional life, a big life, a stronger life, not shrinking back in fear and weakness, but moving forward. You know, being safe, being small does not honor God. Amen? Being safe, being small does not honor God. I don't hear a lot of amens. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Hebrews 10, 38. My righteous ones will live from my faith. But if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. But we are certainly, we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. That's who we are. We live by faith and not by sight. We don't shrink back. We're not to be afraid. Right? Number two, it takes courage to be exceptional. It takes courage to be exceptional. What does exceptional mean? It means uncommon. It means means unusual. It means out of the ordinary. Now, in the Bible, is a story of a young man. His name is David. And he's one of of, uh, of several young Hebrew slaves that are living in captive in this uh, pagan country of Babylon, and they're serving Darius, this very powerful uh, this uh, pagan king. And Daniel is one of the leaders. And Daniel 6 verse 3 says, now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. It says there, Daniel stood out because he was unusual He was out of the ordinary, and he was exceptional. He had some exceptional qualities. Jesus told his disciples, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are to be exceptional. Amen? You you and I, we we have great potential. He has put his potential in us, He's given us his gifts and talents and his ability and his light. And he wants this light, this potential in us to turn on and to shine for him in these days and these hours. Amen? These are the days to stand out. These are the days to be exceptional. These are the days to live by faith. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You're called to be exceptional. In fact, Jesus encouraged People, to be exceptional. Do you know that? He never said in, his, in, this word, in the Word of God, Jesus never said, don't be great. He never said, don't be great. What did he say? He said, don't expect great things for yourself, right? But he said, if you want to be great, then be a servant. Learn to be a servant. Follow my lead. Be like me and serve your way to greatness. Amen? 
Serving doesn't make you inferior. Serving makes you great. Serving makes you great. And that's what, and and it says right there, there's a scripture. Where is that scripture? No, it's not there. I remember, um, I remember a a, a saying, if, if, if serving is beyond you, if serving is beneath you, then greatness is beyond you, right? So we're called to be servants. It, it takes courage to be exceptional. So if, all that you, that's, if that's all that you hear today, you say, well, that's great, Pastor Doug. You're telling us, you know, be courageous, be strong, be courageous, stand out. But how do I do that? I want to give you three things that you can take home today. Three things to help you to be a courageous Christian living in these times. Number one, number one, get planted in the house. Get planted in the house. Why? Because we're stronger together. Hebrews 3.13. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know, I tell, I tell everybody I meet, you know, every believer I meet, I have to ask them, which church do you belong to? And they say, well, I don't really go to church. I, want to tell, I, I always want to tell people, you need church. You need church in your life. Because if, if you move away from church, you are literally distancing yourself from God's plan in your life. Do you know that? You're distancing yourself. And if you don't fill your life with his will and his church, and then this huge void that will be filled in you, in your kids, in your children's hearts, won't be God. You need God. Church matters. It matters now. It matters 10 years from now. And it will really matter in eternity. Amen? You know, and and it's... And if you think you don't, if you think all I need is Jesus and I don't really need God's church, then I, I want to say to you, you are 100% totally wrong. Church matters. There's so much confusion when people go to a church because sometimes I think what they see in, in churches and, and maybe even in our church, sometimes they don't feel that we really are truly the church that Jesus wants us to be. See, we are to be the New Testament church. If there's any church that we're, we're to be like, we're, like to, we're to be like the New Testament church. No, we are. In fact, I would, like to, I would like to say City Light is a New Testament church. And we think about the New Testament, you know, as a New Testament church, we meet when it's dangerous to meet. We gather when it's not easy to gather. We give our lives to the cause and the purpose of the kingdom. You know, and and we are God's family. And we are God's church. We are the hope of the world. Do we understand that? That's who we are. You know, as pastors, I've seen the negative results of parents who've, who've given up on church. And I've seen the devastating results in their kids. They're kids who have completely fallen away from the faith. You know, me, and I'm sure Karen, it's probably you as well as, your, as parents and grandparents, you, my greatest c- concern is that when I leave this planet, leave this earth, that I want to see 
my kids and my grandkids serving Jesus in his church. Amen? So important in his church. And I think what we need to do is we need to cultivate not just a love for God, but we need to cultivate a love for God's church. We need to love the church. There are so many people who have walked away from church over the last few years, and they're literally walking away from God's plan for their lives. You know, I'm in church today. Part of the reason why I'm in church and I'm doing what I'm doing is because I want to serve not this generation, but I'm serving to prepare the next generation beyond me, my kids and my grandkids. We are to live for the next, not just for our generation, for the, but live for the next three generations beyond you. Amen? Live for them. Live in such a way that your life impacts them positively for the kingdom of God. Number two, be consistently in the Bible. Be consistently, you know, that's like beating the drum, you know. Be in the Bible. Be in the Bible. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, say with me, then. Read with me these words. Then you, what? Then you will be prosperous and successful. God said three things to Joshua. Oh, let the word of God always be on your lips. Speak it out constantly. Speak it out. Speak it out over your life. Speak it out over your kid's life, your children, your family, your future, your business. Speak God's word. His powerful, positive, life-changing, life-giving word into every area of your life. Speak it out. Number two, meditate on it. Day and night. Day and night. Memorize it. Write it out. Write it out in your mirror, in your car mirror. Put it into your purse if you're a lady and you open it. Oh, there's that scripture. Read it again. Get the word inside of you. Meditate on it. Number three, apply it. He says, be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Number three, third thing to do, to have courage, you've got to exercise your courage. You've got to exercise your courage. Courage is, you know, it's like Kevin Jones, it's like a mind muscle. The more you use your courage, the stronger your courage gets. It's like a, this, this muscle. It's, courage is synonymous with faith. You can't separate faith Courage from faith, and faith from courage. In his book, it's called The Mind Monsters. Great book. In the mind, Kevin Gerald gives us this acronym for faith, for faith and courage. It's an, faith is an acronym. Okay, F. F stands for focus. Focus on the positive. You want to have courage? You've got to focus on the positive. There's a scripture in uh, Philippians chapter 4 that says, Think about such things as these. Right? Whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is excellent, think about such things as these. Focus on these things. Focus on the positive. Right? And, and I say stop watching. Stop, stop watching the constantly negative news. Amen? <laughs> no, honestly, I've almost given up watching the news mainstream media. 
because everything on there is negative, 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 negative. You know, and, and so much of it is pseudo. So much is, anyway, don't, don't get me going on that rabbit trail. I better quit right there, okay? But, but, but I tell you, we, we're, we're living in a day where you, we, we cannot trust what used to be reliable sources anymore. And it's proven, you know? It's not science. It's, it's pseudoscience, and it's, ugh. So focus on the positive. You won't have courage? Focus on the positive. A, affirm yourself. Declare God's word over yourself. Like, I, I am more than, than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I am a child of God. I can, do, I, can do, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Focus, you know, declare that over your life, right? Affirm yourself constantly. The enemy will tell you, useless, you're going to fail. No, God tells me I'm more than a conqueror. I can do this. God's got me. God's going to turn everything out for good. God's with me. He's not against me. You know, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to win the battle. I may lose the skirmish, but I'm going to win the battle in the end. Affirm yourself. I imagine. Imagine. Use your vision. Use your imagination to see God doing something good in your life, not in your neighbor's life, not in, not in Dave's, not just in Dave's life, or in Karen's life, or Mitch's life, but in your life, in my life. I want to see God do something good to turn things around. I'm believing him for it. Yeah, it's great to care for someone else, but you know, sometimes you've got to care for yourself. You're sitting in an airplane seat, and beside you is your kid, and the plane is ready to go down, (laughs) and then then the oxygen masks come out. What are you supposed to do? Put it on your kid first, or are you supposed to put it on yourself first? Revive yourself first, so that you can save the others around you, amen? Anyway, getting excited. Imagine God doing something good in your, in your situation. T, trust God in all, God in all things. Trust God in all things, no matter what you're going through. Trust God, right? In all things. What does the Bible say? In all things. Romans eight twenty eight. God works it out for what? For good. Trust God in all things. In all things, God works for the good of those who've been called and love God according to God's purpose, right? There's a great prob- a scripture in Proverbs chapter 3. Trust the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God and He will direct your path. He'll keep you going. He'll be with you. He'll take you through that obstacle, that situation, that nightmare, right? Trust God in all things. H, H. Hope. Hope for the best. Don't start talking about what could happen, the negative. Hope for the best. You know, it was that old-time Baptist minister, Adrian Rogers, that said, hope is the anchor. It's the cable that lashes us to the throne of God. That's what keeps us connected to God. Keep on hoping in God. Amen? Amen. So that's a great acronym. You know, and finally the Bible tells us that, that you and I, we have been fearfully and wonderfully created, right? You, you and I, we were made in the image of God. We are superior to everything that God has made. You know, you, you need to know that you are special, that, that, that you, you, are, you are stronger than you think. You have greater potential than you realize, 
you know, and that you have, you've been given power and authority from Jesus to, to, to live this life that God has called you to live, right? God has given you that ability, and, and, and God has given you the ability to decide. You decide. You decide whether you want to shrink back in faith or to exercise your courage. You decide. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but, hold, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. That's what God gives us. Not fear, but power, love, self-control. And I say this, the more filled with Holy Spirit you are, the more courage I have to serve Jesus. Get filled with Holy Spirit. Be filled every day. There's nothing wrong, nothing wrong to want a better life. Nothing want, wrong with to want a better marriage, a better business. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful. Nothing wrong with wanting to live a better life. God wants us to live our best life. Right? So let's, let's look to God. Let's, let's get courage. Let's get the courage we need for the time that we are living in. Now is the time. Now is the time to let, let it out. Now is the time to live your best life. Amen? Now is the time to just surrender to Jesus. Now is the time to give your life totally to Jesus. Now is the time to share your faith with your neighbor. Now is the time that you serve God and you live for God with all your heart. Now is the time. I said, let's get the courage. Let's get the courage to keep running the race even while others have given up. Amen? Amen? If you agree, shout amen. 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 It's kind of a weak shout. Let's say it again. Amen. 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 Okay, bow your heads. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for your presence here. Thank you for this simple word of exhortation. exhortation. Let this word be like, a, like, like your sword, like the sword of the Spirit that your word talks about, that penetrates deep into our hearts and divides soul from spirit, whatever is whatever soul and what is spirit, that truly puts truth right into the inmost being of our hearts. Let this word penetrate deep, Lord. Thank you for the word of God. It, it heals and changes and encourages Lord, and helps us to live this life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, I want to say to someone here, if you're here today, or maybe you're watching online, and you've never given your life over to Jesus, you've not put your faith in Jesus, the living God, then this is your day. This is your day to place your faith in Jesus. This is your day to surrender your life today. This is your day to invite him into your life to be Lord and Savior of your life. And if that's you, I'm going to lead you into a prayer. And this prayer, you say it with all your heart, and I tell you, I tell you it will be the greatest prayer that you will ever pray. So I'm leading you in that prayer today. Say these, after, these words after me. Say them right to Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and you suffered all the agony of that pain on the cross. And you shed your blood to pay for all my sins. 
Thank you, Jesus, for giving, for forgiving me today of all my sins. And today and now, Lord, I open up my heart and I invite you into my life to take over my life, to give me a, a new life by being Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.